You are listening to Be the Love, transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. This is Jules DeVito from Highly Sensitive Humans. This is Katie Jo Holton. We are Michael and Jamie Thornhill at Casa Galactica. This is Tara Jolly. I'm Anna Anderson, and you are listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much again for tuning in this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Again, reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. So if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment and get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out that light and love and sending it to all of humanity, remembering that you always have your breath to come back to. Today, we would like to welcome back our guest, John Rhodes. John is the creator of Lunar Alchemy, a process of spiritual integration of the energies identified by the Gene Keys transmission as the shadow frequencies, which are illuminated each day by the cycles of the moon. He also teaches ascension science, extended spiritual anatomy, and assists private clients through the quantum field remote healing transmission to reach their highest frequency expression potential. So thank you so much for being here with us again today, John. It's really wonderful to be back with you again. Really nice to see both of you. Absolutely. And we're just so excited to talk about this today. And just for reference, for those of you who have been following the show, John was our first guest on the show last year on December 21st, 21, where we talked about Ascension and the Great Conjunction. So we're really excited to talk to him today about what he's been up to and um, learn learn a little bit about the topic of gene keys and human design. So I would love to just jump in with that. And John, if you could just tell us a little bit about your work with the gene keys and human design, this is an absolutely fascinating subject. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that this has integrated into my work and it it really began the solstice, the winter solstice, when our interview first came out. 
And um, since then, I was guided to integrate a process of using the gene keys as a basis for spiritual development. And I was introduced to human design, which was a transmission received by a man who is known as Ra Uru Hu a number of decades ago. And for the systems that have existed, these sort of esoteric systems for understanding the human experience and also the process of change of our world, some of those systems we know as astrology, and there have been other systems. In the case of human design and the gene keys, primarily the I Ching, which is translated often as the Book of Changes, which is an ancient Chinese source of deep wisdom. And when Ra received the transmission of human design, it was an integration of the I Ching along with astrology and aspects of quantum physics along with human spiritual anatomy. And when taken all together, it is a new way of understanding how human beings process energy and how human beings develop along their life process. So it has extraordinarily profound insights for any individual as to how they can go about developing themselves in the most efficient way possible to, to have the experience that generates the most resonance in their life. So that's where human design comes from. And it is primarily a system that is about mechanics. How does energy move through our system? And how can we use that knowledge to produce uh, more harmonious results in our life? The Gene Keys was created by Richard Rudd and uses the human design system as a jumping off point, but is organized more similarly to the I Ching. The I Ching as a book of wisdom is based upon 64 different variations of energetic expression that can be observed in nature. Now, this is in human nature, so it applies to not only individuals, but societies. It's also in the natural world, so it can be observed in the elements, in the earth, in the air, in fire, in water. And the I Ching is based upon some of these, these observations that were made by sages thousands and thousands of years ago. There are some estimates that the I Ching is perhaps as old as 5,000 years, although there are a variety of different perspectives about that. The observations are based on a system of duality, yin and yang, or yang if you want to be a little more in line with one of those pronunciations. So the yin and yang function together and the system was designed to create variations of 
yin and yang based in sets of three because it was understood that from the time of creation, the consciousness was expressed in its most basic form in a trinary pattern, which is referred to throughout any number of religions as the Trinity. We can talk about the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, or the Father, the Mother, and the Son, if you want to be very sort of biological about it. It describes the movement of spirit into matter. And that describes everything that we can observe in our universe. So this system incorporates this yin and yang to describe this trinary pattern. And that trinary pattern is repeated to create what's called a hexagram. So in the pattern, a yang line is a straight, it's a straight line. And it's referred to as a line that holds the quality of yang. It's strong, solid, masculine, if you like. The two lines with a dash in between, which is the same, you know, it has the same width. Uh, so it's basically a broken line is the yin line, which is yielding, gentle, or feminine. And when you combine these variations in an order, starting at the base and adding another line above it and another line above it, you have a certain number of variations of forms that represent elements. Those elements might be fire, water, earth, air, wood. It corresponds to a ancient Chinese way of looking at the elements in the world. And when you bring these all together, it describes 64 variations of how energy can be expressed in the world. And it goes from creation, which is heaven over heaven. Those are the symbols, heaven being the sky. And there are another 63 sets of descriptions of how energy can be described. And we can see that today in our explorations of quantum science, the, there is a theory that all of reality can be described by the geometry of a 64 pointed geometry. Um, I believe Buckminster Fuller identified this shape and called it a uh, the vector equilibrium that gets built into the 64 pointed geometry. If we look at our DNA, there are 64 possible codons within the DNA. And we can see this pattern repeating throughout nature. So when all of these systems are applied to something like astrology, an understanding that maybe an old, older understanding of astrology was that, oh, Mercury's going into retrograde, and that means it's going to impact me. We look at it as an event of cause and effect. Whereas through the human design and the gene keys, which get into how there's different frequencies of the gene keys, it's really about quantum entanglement. 
which simply means that the macrocosm and the microcosm or galactic or solar system level of reality and our individual human bodies are entangled at the quantum level, which means what happens in a cosmic body is also occurring within the microcosmic body. So it's not a cause and effect, they're happening simultaneously. So with the gene keys, we look at these variations of energy and it describes the evolution, which is the movement of matter into spirit, which is how we can describe, you know, last year we were talking about the ascension. Ascension is another way of saying evolution, the movement of matter into spirit. And as we move through a process of that, the energy of our systems begins, in humanity's case, generally speaking, at a low frequency level. And that means that we are processing these energies through the emotions of fear or anger, for instance. These are low frequency expressions of energy. What's beautiful about the gene keys is within these lower frequencies that are termed the shadow, there is also a gift that is held within those lower frequencies. It is something that we learn by experiencing fear and anger. So really, these low frequency experiences are driving human evolution, human development into higher degrees of harmony. And as that frequency rises, as awareness is applied toward experience, it reveals the gifts that we can gain from having these lower level experiences. And then the Gene Keys also describes a frequency bandwidth that is a transcendent bandwidth beyond what we would normally think of as a common human experience. And the word used to describe that bandwidth is city, which is a term borrowed from the yogic sciences to describe special abilities that arise within a human being at extraordinarily high levels of spiritual development. Things like telepathy, telekinesis, teleportation, these sort of superheroes type abilities that have been observed to exist in a number of human beings throughout history, depending on the culture that you might connect with. You know, things like walking on water, raising the dead. These are what are referred to as cities by this yogic science history. The Siddic frequencies in Jinkies don't refer to special powers. However, it does refer to a transcendent frequency that any culture might associate with the divine. And it recognizes the complete movement of matter into spirit. So essentially when this high frequency manifests through a human being, not only does it represent the absolute involution of spirit into matter, so one might consider that God in a human being form, 
a divine human. It also represents the obliteration of the individual human being who was identified with a, an experience of suffering, an experience of preferences, an experience of self-differentiation of self and other. When that self and other dissolves, those city frequencies can manifest in the world and is a great service to the evolution of humankind. So that's what we're looking at with Gene Keys. It's really, really, and, and human design, it's really a phenomenal system to engage in a spiritual process. So what I'm hearing too is that human design was created first and then Gene Keys kind of took over where um, the human design left off. And so maybe using human design to gain information about yourself and have a deeper understanding, but then how do we apply that? And that's really what those 64 gene keys are about is applying that information. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it's, it's really phenomenal in that both systems are in a certain way, open source systems. So in terms of human design, you can go online and, and hopefully, you know, we can post some opportunities for people to explore these very easy to discover online. Mm -hmm. You can generate a profile, which is based off of your birth date and you need your birth time in order to have an accurate understanding of how these systems function. But the human design provides for every individual a strategy of how to use their own specific mechanics. So there's a system of energy centers that we have within our bodies. It's not exactly the same as the chakra systems that I have tended to use that are based in the, the yogic sciences, but they have a relationship. So there are energy systems within the human body through which energy moves. And there are also pathways from system to system. And every individual is going to have a unique set of ways that energy moves through their system. And human design provides a strategy for how to work with the energies that are moving through your body so that you can experience a greater degree of harmony. It also gives you information about the way in which that energy wants to be expressed through you. So it gives indications as to how to generate fulfillment. Within this system, all of those 64 variations exist in human design, and they represent variations of how those energies move through our system. The gene keys elaborates on how one individual may be experiencing those energetic systems based on the frequency level of the energies that they have access to. One of the beautiful things about the way the gene keys works is that as you engage with the process in your own particular way, you are encouraged to simply contemplate the information that you receive. So when you read about the shadow frequencies of a particular gene key, 
it's going to describe to you certain impacts that those shadow frequencies have on your relationships, on the society at large, and on your personal experience. And this often occurs through the emotions of fear and anger and leads us into reactive choices. Often today, most forms of self-development, whether it's modern psychology or it's more esoteric systems, involves some form of applying awareness, mindfulness towards our experience and how we respond or react to the experiences that we don't control. And as we gain awareness around these fear and anger patterns that may manifest through us, we can begin to have the space required to make different choices and to shift our perspective. So what's wonderful about these two systems is they can work perfectly in tandem with each other. You can use one and not the other and still gain a full understanding of yourself. They are very, very conducive to an individual's personal resonance with the information and possibilities that are presented. Can you talk a little bit about how one might, if we're going to use, um, say, the gene keys, and you mentioned those, the three stages, the shadow, the gift, and the city, um, how might one use that information to evolve through those stages to ascend and grow. Yeah. I'd love to just talk about how I'm engaging with the information because for anyone that's interested to explore gene keys, there's or human design, there's so much information available about how to engage with those systems. There are, are deep systems of learning with both of them, online modules that you can do. There's a burgeoning group of teachers and coaches who can guide people through understanding and integrating the information. And I will say that the information is, has an extraordinary degree of depth. So when somebody first engages with either of these systems, the amount of information for some might feel overwhelming. And along with both systems comes a system of languaging that is going to be unfamiliar for anyone that has not learned about it yet. So, you know, you might learn things about you, about yourself and your design as you're going through this, that will say things like, oh, what is your profile? And I happen to be a 6'2". Well, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything to, to somebody who doesn't know. So there is a lot of information about how to engage with it. The way that I have been led to engage with this information began last winter solstice. And for that winter solstice, when we talked about this on the podcast, I offered a quantum healing transmission that was designed to assist in the integration of higher aspects of ourself to engage with the challenges that would be coming through the process of collective evolution that 
were on the horizon at that time. And as a part of that process of developing that transmission, I received guidance as to how to walk that out, walk that process out with people who would be attracted to that, to engaging in that way. And what I was really guided to, the guidance that I received was to assist in the development of what I received as the lunar body. And this kind of goes back to looking at this process of quantum entanglement, where the bodies of our solar system relate to specific aspects of our physical bodies. And when I say our physical bodies, I mean that each of us has multiple bodies. We have a physical body, an emotional body, a mental body. There are various systems that describe these different bodies, astral bodies, causal bodies. They refer to the different aspects of ourselves that vary in density. And the lunar body particularly relates to our physical body and aspects of our emotional and mental bodies. When you look at the esoteric systems, the moon is often related to what we might call our subconscious mind, our dreams, the aspects of ourselves that are kind of buried beneath the surface of our awareness. And we see this in the process of society at, at full moons. There's a lot more chaos that goes on in the world because those deep buried impulses become liberated by the illumination of the moon. So statistics around like emergency rooms, there's way more emergency room visits around full moons. If you've ever worked in a bar, you might notice that on full moon nights, it gets a little extra crazy in there. There's all sorts of impacts that this has. So the lunar body relates to us in this way. These unacknowledged impulses, desires, and energetic patterns. And we develop these types of subconscious movements in a variety of ways, often unconsciously during our childhood through experiences of trauma, which are patterns that tend to repeat themselves throughout our lives until we are able to liberate those experiences through the use of our awareness and the acceptance and, um, dare I say, loving presence that we may bring to our experiences of the past. So when we're looking at evolving our lunar body, these aspects that are buried beneath the surface, what we're looking at from a psychological perspective is shadow work. You know, a lot of people today talk about shadow work. And there's even discussion around shadow work as in, should I go digging? for my shadows? Is that a valuable process to do? Or there's a lot of discussion about going through a dark night of the soul. This is what happens when against your will, you are suddenly facing 
a number of events in your outer reality, along with sort of an explosion of inner patterns and experiences that are painful and filled with suffering and challenges for us. These are ways that humans process this lunar body. And I was guided to use a process of development for the lunar body that is gentler than something like a dark night of the soul. Because some people think if you're going to be awakened, you have to go through a dark night of the soul. Well, that's really not accurate. Many people will do that, but that's simply based upon the way their energy systems have, have functioned for a long time. And for their individual evolution, that dark night of the soul may have become extraordinarily essential for them to take the next step. So whether or not you've been through one of those, there's no need to be afraid of it. We can always develop these lower frequencies with any number of methods. One method is through contemplation, which is the way of engaging with gene keys. Another method is the human design, which is uh, learning about your strategy to create greater harmony in your life. And in lunar alchemy, it's about examining the frequencies that are illuminated by the cycles of the moon and engaging with a quantum healing transmission that allows for a frequency entrainment to generate more space that allows our awareness to develop those lower frequency patterns into a higher form of expression. So the way that we do that is once a week, I and my colleague, whose name is Bella Crystal, she is an absolute uh, genius of the Gene Keys and does a lot of work through her uh, website, which is called Unlock Your Design. Um, that's unlockyourdesign.com. We have a meeting and we discuss the shadow frequencies of the particular gene key that is being illuminated by the moon on that day. And one of the aspects of the transmission of the human design was to arrange these 64 hexagrams in a circular relationship that corresponds to the astrological movements of the cosmos. So at any point in time, the sun is going to be shining the light of one of these variations of energy very strongly onto the surface of our planet. And the sun is going to encompass the entire frequency band of that particular variation from the lowest frequencies to the absolute highest transcendent frequencies. This is one of the reasons why last year we may have talked about solar flares or, or you know, people talk about the, I don't know if they're talking so much about it anymore, the great flash or whatever that is like the harbinger of the ascension process. Because the sun has the full capacity for these frequencies. As these frequencies are reflected off of the moon, the moon is a cosmic body that is actually part of our planet Earth. It 
orbits around our Earth. And as we see the moon, it is a, a body of the Earth that is separate from what we experience. And this is kind of a metaphor for that inside of us, which we do not recognize as self, that we separate away from us. So these energies from the sun reflect off of the moon and the illumination of the moon engages in resonance with those aspects of self that we do not yet recognize as self. And through the, pro I mean, this is, this is one of the really incredible awarenesses that this guidance has led me to, which is that human evolution takes place simply by the fact that the sun rises and sets every day, and so does the moon. You cannot help but evolve because of the influence of those cosmic bodies. So human evolution is literally our destiny. And at this point in our human evolution, one of the beautiful things is that we can choose to consciously engage in that process, or we can allow it to take its time with us without engaging our awareness in any way. No matter what, evolution is going to occur because of the way that the entire cosmos is built. With lunar alchemy on a weekly basis, throughout the entire year, we're gonna look at all 64 of those gene keys and offer a frequency entrainment that allows us to develop those lower frequencies in, in a way that can generate our own development into higher resonance, into expressions of our personal destinies that move us from a paradigm of self-serving to service to the whole. So that's really what Lunar Alchemy is about and how I'm utilizing the gene keys to move through a process of development. You can look at every person's going to have certain gene keys that have really prominent aspects in your mechanical energetic makeup. But in lunar alchemy, we're looking at a possibility of development where those individual prominences are not the only types of energies that we can develop and express in our experience. Mm -hmm. And what that does is on a quantum entanglement level, it connects every individual to the collective consciousness of humanity. So that any self-development that a person engages with is also going to be a benefit to the collective. Yeah, so it sounds like there's just such a macro and micro energy uh, working with this. And, you know, of course, like working with the solar, the lunar energies, and we're, we're going to evolve as a species. And I think, you know, a lot of that, it's coming into our awareness and our consciousness as the earth rises and, you know, our own collective consciousness rises. And so working with these systems and the energies of the planets and the the sun and the moon, what information might we uncover within these systems? And then how can we use that information to truly tap into our true potential? Mm. That's a really fantastic question. 
One thing that I've noticed is that people who are attracted to these systems, they engage with them in very individual ways. Some people are extraordinarily guided to become aware of the minute movements of the cosmos, meaning they're constantly aware of the planetary motions and the ways in which they're moving. When a planet is moving in a retrograde motion, it tends to have an influence of moving our evolution more deeply inward to sort of uncover those aspects of the lunar body that I was talking about, those shadow aspects. That's why so many people, when they hear about Mercury, Mercury retrograde, they're like, oh my God, you know, don't sign a contract, don't do anything, you know, your technology's gonna break, like don't buy anything new, you know, like some people will respond in that manner to these kinds of information. But the truth is that these motions of the planets, they do impact us, but based upon the frequency that each individual can access. So while it may be true, if we're running a particularly low frequency, meaning we're harboring a great deal of conscious or even unconscious fear in our system about any particular opportunity, whether it means to be like, oh, if it's Mercury retrograde, don't buy a house, you know, everything's going to fall apart. Well, that might be true if you are processing a lot of internal fear, because that result is going to really focus your attention onto the amount of fear frequency that you are running through your system. Now, you may not realize that when it happens, you might just go, man, that was horrible. I can't believe that happened to me. And you might suffer as a result of it. But the purpose of that experience is to allow your awareness the opportunity to go like, oh, I'm the creator of my reality. And by using that low frequency fear to create with, this is the result that I put into the world. Mercury retrograde didn't cause it. It encouraged it, maybe. But your own individual fear is in quantum entanglement with the movement of Mercury. So it's not like a cause and effect thing happened here. It's like you are moving in harmony with all that is, and you just don't realize it. And that awareness of frequency is what can guide someone to go like, oh, well, what can I learn from this? And that might lead to a process of saying, why am I so afraid that my dreams are going to constantly fall through? What experiences do I relate with maybe that I am still entangled with in the past that no longer need to be true for me? in the present. This is really one of the keys of self-development in terms of, you know, when people talk about spiritual development, it's, it's not about having airy-fairy ideas that you believe in. It's about learning to become present 
so that we can create a new in resonance with the harmony that we envision in the world no matter what level that looks like you know so one of the beautiful things about this is that whether or not you're harboring fear and anger in your life it doesn't mean that you are cut off from developing in this manner you can still have tons of fear held in your body and be going through this process of increasing the frequency of the energy that you have access to by applying your awareness and you know if you're engaging with the gene keys you can contemplate how these lower frequencies transform themselves into higher frequency experiences so it's really a beautiful system that gently guides you forward into your own highest frequency expression which is what i'm all about <laughs> in the first place i love that I, I know you kind of touched on this a little bit too but really you know being able to tap into our own potential and evolve as an individual i mean this information is so powerful how do you see this these systems coming together to really help evolve humanity yeah i love the questions you're asking. you're like if i was a defense lawyer i would say objection leading the witness <laughs> um, but you're doing it in such powerful resonance with what i'm think i'm being called to express here so one of the revelations of human design was about the current process of human evolution and the gene keys elaborates on this awareness which is that the human vehicle our physical body which encompasses all of those bodies that i talked about is in a process of dna evolution or the mutation of genetic expression when i say mutation i don't say that with a sense of defect mutation simply means evolution and the dna and genes are truly the physical manifestation of all of these spiritual ideas that we we have so as a human being develops spiritually their gene expression and dna literally transforms inside of them this is how there are examples of um, yogi saints who have been studied and may have been observed over a period of a couple of weeks under direct medical observation to neither consume food nor water something that medical science would deem impossible their physical bodies have evolved to a degree that the intake of food and water in in those examples cases was no longer necessary to produce the well-being of the body so this is one example of how the mutation of dna and gene keys evolves a human experience many people have been aware of a couple of dates in the past that were extraordinarily significant in 1987 there was a, an event called the harmonic convergence 
this was an event that is described in the gene keys and in human design. And for that event, it was truly an anchoring of a process of higher frequency evolution for humanity. The next date of great significance, there's several minor dates that we could look at and get really nitpicky about human evolution and what's been going on in the whole process and the conflicts that are surrounding it. But the, the second primary major date was December 21st, 2012. This is the date that was identified by the Mayan calendar. And within the gene keys and human design systems, it is referred to as a birthing date. So a date that is allowing for the process of human evolution to take a step into the unknown. This is the reason that the Mayan calendar ended for that date, not because it was the end of the world, but because it was the end of what could be predicted. The human evolutionary path could be easily predicted by those with the knowledge, with the access to that higher frequency information up to a certain point when the entanglement of the cosmos would produce the opportunity for something new to occur. That something new couldn't be foreseen or predicted. So the Mayan calendar ended at that time because the world as it was understood through the human system was about to transition into something that could not be understood from that perspective. So like the Native American uh, traditions about the movement into the fifth world, these are different ways of understanding this process. The next significant date is the year of 2027. And within the human design and gene keys systems, it represents the year in which the manifestation of the upcoming evolutionary genetic mutation will take place within the human collective. So when we consider this in context of our last year's conversation, the ascension. What does that mean? Moving into fifth dimension. What does that mean? It means that the human vehicle has an opportunity to express itself in a completely different way than we ever have in the past. And in 2027, that will become a reality through a genetic mutation in some of the children that will be born during that year and beyond. Is there a certain date within 2027 or just the year in general? I don't believe that there's a specific date indicated during that year, I think is, is the most specific way. One thing to understand is that individual evolution always happens in relationship with collective evolution. However, they are not dependent upon one another. So the appearance of evolved or enlightened human beings in the past, figures like Jesus or Muhammad or the Buddha or others of 
the yogic saints who many people are unfamiliar with. Agastya Muni, one of the rishis who received the transmission of yoga from the original yogi. These beings have existed in some cases, extraordinarily non-evolved collectives. You know, if you look back 2000 years ago to the time of Jesus, love thy neighbor was a revolutionary teaching. What does that really mean? It means that at the time, if you got really mad at your neighbor, it was considered okay, if possibly justifiable that you picked up a big rock and smashed their brains out. So it's not as if we can't evolve until the year 2027. And it's not as if these new children who will be born will all of a sudden, they're the only ones who are going to be evolving at this new stage. Every individual has the potential to evolve into this new expression and beyond. You and me and everybody listening today can access that degree of genetic mutation through their own individual process of evolution. However, starting in that year, it will begin to be impossible for some individuals within the collective to ignore this transition. Meaning when a couple, parents of one of these children who is going to express this new genetic mutation, they will become aware at some point along that child's development that there's something uniquely different about their child. This difference is described within the human design and gene keys systems. What it means is that the evolution of human consciousness is moving into, it is an evolution of our solar plexus system. So it's really interesting to me because when we talked last year, I was talking about awakening the heart as the next stage of human development. And when we look at the seven chakra system, we have the root, which is at the tip of the tailbone, the sacral, which is around the area of the pelvis, which corresponds to the Hara point, which is an energetic womb, if you will, corresponding exactly to the female womb, and men have it energetically there. The solar plexus, which is in the center of the navel, you know, this is one of our battery centers. To fully evolve that solar plexus and have the complete embodied consciousness of that solar plexus system our consciousness must have a perspective that is beyond that solar plexus space, which is where the heart resides. When you can reside your consciousness within the heart space, you have access to the full possibility of your solar plexus. So what that evolution suggests is that the emotional body relationship is going to completely transform. And human beings will relate to their emotions in a completely new way. This is already visible in some of the young people today who tend to respond somewhat more logically to 
their experiences rather than emotionally. It doesn't mean that they don't experience emotions. It simply means that they relate to them in a different way. We talk about that relationship through a variety of systems as detachment. And it's something that many people who are into meditation, they strive for. They strive to achieve a degree of detachment so that they are not imprisoned by their reactions to the events that go on around them. So when this becomes an absolutely natural way of being rather than something that we develop into, the possibility that a human being becomes opens a completely new vista for them to create into the world. Imagine from the time of childhood growing up and not being at any point in your process of becoming the person that you are, being imprisoned by an emotional experience, meaning never needing to react to a situation in an uncontrolled manner or a manner that doesn't include a responsiveness of your consciousness. Total transformation of the collective from this perspective. Through a process like lunar alchemy or through contemplation of the gene keys, we are actually moving in the direction of creating that same genetic mutation within ourselves. Because as we develop these frequencies that move through our systems and we gain awareness about how that energy functions within us, that awareness naturally develops a degree of detachment to the experience. It doesn't mean uninvolvement. It means we're no longer imprisoned by that experience. It means we can choose. We have the freedom to respond in whatever way we see fit. We don't have to react that is solely based on the emotion that is moving through our system. So it's really a profound understanding that is coming through that transmission and through this process. Yeah. And it really sounds, you know, like there's going to be more empowerment, you know, in recognizing, you know, people having the empowerment to choose to respond rather than react and to not go into that emotional dissonance that oftentimes can happen, especially with like what you're saying with the dark night of the soul or, or just those triggers to trauma. And, you know, I think sounds like a, a new way to help people move through or, or ascend through the traumas, the collective traumas that are so present in our, our world today. Yeah, absolutely. And from what I can see from what has been happening, you know, we are seeing that traditional systems of human relationship and society are beginning to transform themselves. You know, the pandemic has completely transformed our relationship with each other, with the systems of governing individual health, with the relationship that we have with our own bodies. And you can see these processes playing out in a variety of different ways. 
the proliferation of financial systems that are not based within our current model of banking systems, the um, Bitcoins and those blockchain-based systems of exchange that are based upon the integrity of the data. These are transformations and evolutions of higher frequency forms of responsiveness to what exists in the world. So we're going to continue to see these evolutions, I think, for quite a number of years. There's going to be a huge amount of transformation in our world as this process takes place. And as each individual engages more and more in their own sort of unique responsiveness, we will see new systems emerge. There will be new innovations that arise. Mm -hmm. So it's really an incredibly exciting time to be alive. Yeah. Um, and even yeah, if I mean, challenge, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think the only constant thing is change and we're going to continue to evolve and change and move and let go on a collective level of what's no longer serving us. Just like on an individual level, it's like we're ready to, to evolve and let go of some of those old paradigms and move into a new way of being. So, so John, tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on. Yeah, so... If the process of lunar alchemy sounds like something that, you know, resonates, if you feel guided to follow the cycles of the moon in some way, if you're tuning in to your own subconscious or looking into shadow processing, lunar alchemy can be, you can engage with as a membership that takes place on a monthly basis. And Bella and I offer a discussion as well as a quantum healing entrainment transmission that goes on every week. And, you know, some of those sessions are more easygoing for people because of their own process of development, their own history of development. Some of them are incredibly profound and involve a deep dive going inward and you can engage with that through unlock your design which is a website that is run by my colleague bella crystal and she also works with someone around uh, her colleague on that system through a process called the 64 doors which is of course related and a variety of modules that are related to learning more about the gene keys and everything. So Lunar Alchemy exists within the Unlock Your Design Academy. And hopefully we can post a link if you're interested in engaging with that membership of Lunar Alchemy um, so that you can get in touch with that. We've really striven to keep that membership extraordinarily affordable. Quantum healing transmissions are this frequency packages of energetic entrainment that exist 
outside of space and time, as well as location. So you can receive these frequency packages that assist you with your evolution, sometimes at the level of a quantum leap. And when you engage in these processes, a, a quantum leap means that you are no longer evolving in a sequential manner, meaning you have to go step by step. You have to examine every trauma from your childhood, event by event by event, in order to process out all of the negative material. This is one of the ways in which modern psychology and psychiatry assist people with integrating their greater selves is looking at these early events. Quantum development means you may not need to look at any of those events. You suddenly wake up one day having processed the energy out and discover that there is a vast amount of space to create something new from your present rather than always recreating experiences of the past. So it's really a really a fantastic opportunity. And over a period of time, these transmissions build up in terms of their impact on a person's development. And yeah, we can absolutely add any link you want to provide to the show notes so people can find you easily. That'd be great. So yeah, so thank you, John, so much for being here with us again today and sharing this beautiful experience with us. Thank you for and, having me. It was really a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, it was so fun to learn more and appreciate you sharing all, all of your knowledge, um, at least a fraction of knowledge that I'm sure there's so much more to dive into around this subject, which is so fascinating. If some of your listeners decide to dive into human design, you can see kind of defined in the form of mechanics that I actually am is one of the ways that energy manifests through me is that I can just talk and talk and talk about a subject. It doesn't necessarily always relate to me having more knowledge than other people. It's just the way that the energy functions through me as mm -hmm. a unique vehicle. So well I think you it's a gift because you, you know, really articulated it in a way that made it easy to understand, you know, and, and put it into a nice package. So hopefully it'll help others because I know I've I've dug through the gene keys and the human design, you know, and so I've I've gone down the rabbit hole for for days uh -huh. <laughs> and hours. And so yeah, trying you, to you like lost. <laughs> you can and, and it's a lot to put together and, and try to understand. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah. So and thank you, thank you so much for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5:55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely love a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other, and love the world. We love you. Love you guys. Take care. We'll talk to you later. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare 
education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers, street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.